we have an opportunity here to bring presence to the ceremony that is your life. And my invitation to you is to stop whatever you're doing, wherever you are, just for this one precious moment and take a deep breath. Follow the breath into your root point and land yourself right here, right now, into your present moment. And exhale. Welcome to the space where all the magic is happening and prepare yourself to receive the wild, raw expanse that is available inside the dojo that is your life. You are the empowered center point creator of every single experience that you are drawing into your field at this time. When you recognize that and really get that in your bones, you will receive yourself as the magnet for the most perfectly expansive evolutionary curriculum that is precisely crafted for you to evolve beyond what was in order to claim all that is a match to the you who is free. And that is what we are here to do inside the dojo as we explore what it means to live a life beyond the edge. This is a Soulfire production. Hello, Dojo Hello. family. Oh my goodness. I am here today with my sister, ally, profound musician, medicine woman, visionary, guide, seer of truth, Dorian. We have been, well, we actually met in a ball pit dressed up. <laughs> <laughs> And we have been journeying in so many ways for the past several lifetimes, but in this one for the past several years. And Dorian is one of the women of the Dojo Council. And we have built a relationship of deep trust and profound witnessing over the years, you know, witnessing major life initiations, witnessing one another and the rest of the women in the council really face off with major edges, expand beyond them, deepen in trust, expand in love, take quantum leaps in service, and really own truth, even when the voice is shaking. And I witness that quality in you deeply, Dor. And it's such an honor to bring your voice to the dojo family because you you truly are a a core piece of the foundation of what the dojo field represents and the origins of the places that we began and all came from as part of the OG cohort. So thank you for bringing your voice here. And I love to pass the mic to you and just hear you introduce yourself and also share at the leading edge of your life right now, what feels most alive for you? Well, first of all, I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you introduced who I am pretty well. And yeah, first of all, I just want to say, I think what really allows this field to be so transparent, you know, in the dojo ecosystem is, you know, you, you are the core creator and you have such a compassionate heart and it's easy to bring people into their truth when, when you can be resonating from that place. So first, I just want to say that thank you for being a being who can see everybody's light you you're somebody who can look at somebody and you see the light in them. And that's what makes, I think a leader in these spaces, the most potent is when you can see somebody's light when they can't see it. And you're able to see that in me as well. In times where I maybe, you know, in my own delusion in my own illusions. Right. And uh, I'll just share transparently, like before this, call you know I was like voice noting the heart I was like oh I don't know like I'm gonna come on what am I gonna talk about 
And it brought up this, you know, the classic voice wound that I've been working on pretty consciously for a while now. Um, and, you know, we can work on something quite a lot, but we're always going to, you know, be spiraling like, and getting better. And I think what came up for me was like, uh, this whole thing about needing to have some sort of identity structure. That's the solid thing. Like, Oh, I am this leader who talks about this. Mm-hmm. And I think there's this pressure yeah. in today's world that we need to have this set in stone defined purpose of like, this is my offering. Mm-hmm. And there's an idea that if we have our thing mm-hmm. that then we're in purpose mm-hmm. and then we're essentially in this world, we're worthy. Mm-hmm. Damn. So for everyone listening and, and, you know, Dory, you're already aware of this, but the intention built into the core of this podcast and every container in the dojo ecosystem is really to allow for the emergent field of what is the unique alchemy between Dorian and I to reveal, you know, what is actually ripe that will serve as a catalyst for expansion in the moment and trusting that what's alive for, for UD is landing at the perfect time in the perfect moment right upon the ears and the hearts that are meant to hear it. And for all of you listening, like, I don't want to skate past that quickly because this is such a profound collective experience and wounding of, you know, like if I don't have the set fixed identity structure that says I am this thing that says I'm a certified that, or I'm a, uh, I have this degree or, or, or I've already defined the form of what it is that I am in the world that somehow then gives me the, the, you know, accoutrement, the, the worth, the, the like, um, gold star that, that validates why you should listen to me. So if the individual is, is imagining, oh, I don't have that thing. So what do I have to say? What is what I have to say valuable? Just if you're listening, if you've had that question or inquiry within yourself, I would encourage you to just slow down for a moment and call forward that aspect of yourself that has had a belief structure that what I, you know, if I don't have this validating external influence, then what I have to say doesn't matter. Or what, what does it matter? What I have to say that, that will then lead to not speaking, not singing, not using your voice. You know, for me, a version of that is, well, you know, I didn't sing for my entire life until the last couple of years, because I'm not a professional musician and that's not a thing that I do. And I didn't have the identity structure that had been validated throughout the course of my life that said, oh, I'll be received well if I sing. So I just didn't. I just fucking didn't. (laughs) And it's wild the way our beliefs actually create our reality. And so it's powerful as fuck that here you are right at the leading edge of your experience, really owning the wisdom and potency and vulnerability and compassion that you have too, to be able to say, Hey, I'm willing to do the thing and speak, even though I haven't been able to identify the particular identity structure that justifies why I should be speaking (laughs) and doing it anyway, because of who you are. And I know for me, that is such a deeply valuable invitation that I trust will serve and ripple out to the ears that are listening. And it's it's so funny, you guys, because I feel like we are so commonly so much harder on ourselves than than we project into the external other people will be. Because when Dora, when, when Dora shared this with me, I was like, wow, it's like, maybe there's not this one thing that you've decided you are that justifies why your voice is valuable on this podcast. And from my eyes, I'm like, you're a polymathic musician, vocalist, medicine woman, facilitator, you know, songwriter, podcast leader, photographer, video, you know, woman I trust the most to see through your lens, you know, through your video work, through your image capturing, like you're an artist and a creative through and through. And I, I do see, I'm curious how that experience has been for you, because I do see that working with, I do work with a lot of artists and creatives. And sometimes there's this like 
polymath, which is one who's genius in many different areas, polymath paralysis, where it's like, if I'm not one thing, then maybe I'm, there's no one thing that I could claim for myself. So it's all of these different areas that I could do and that I do well, but it can like spread out the attention. And then there, it's like, almost like, does it create a dilution of focus or is it actually exactly like, how do you navigate that template when there's many things that you're good at and interested in? And I'm curious how that's, how that occurs for you. Well, I would say, honestly, I'm contemplating that quite a lot. Yeah. And that's, I think, where the analysis paralysis comes from, because we're in this world that's very much like you have to have your one thing. Mm -hmm. And we're taught that. But you know, it's interesting. There is this quote, Jack of all trades is a master of none. And we know that, but we don't know the full quote. They literally cut off the full quote. And it says that Jack of all trades is a master of none but better than a master of one. Oh, wow. So why, why did the, whoever spread this quote, just cut it off, uh-huh. you know? And it's, it's just interesting. And I think I've been really in the space of really embracing, like not putting myself in a box. Yeah. I don't fit in a box. We aren't meant to fit in boxes. I don't want to live in a box. I want to light a box on fire and use it as heat inside of my queendom. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) That is like everything that I want it to be. Uh Yeah. So it's, yeah, I've, I've, I recently have been exploring structure in a way that I can actually attend to all of the things that I want to do in the world. And I think what really matters is that you have the fire inside of you for everything you're doing. Mm -hmm. As long as you have that burning, I think that's what allows us to pull in the forces to create all the things and to let us do all the things. And as I've contemplated, I think for me, I need multiple things for my fire to be lit. That's how I operate. Yeah. And I think some people are that. There are some people who are built for that. And our brains may be structured in a different way. So we need to create more better systems for ourselves and not make it like we're wrong or we're, Mm -hmm. uh, we don't have the ability to be successful. Totally true. Said like a true Gemini. There we go. (laughs) I was, I, in the early stages of my uh, facilitation, I really had a lot of focus around evolutionary astrology And my teacher would always say, boredom is the antithesis for Gemini. Like you need to keep life interesting. And there are, you know, I do agree that there's going to be archetypes that have a certain laid down pathway where focusing in one zone over an extended period of time and letting that be the area of mastery is the, is the path. Mm -hmm. And then there's individuals that are more polymathic. And when you're naturally gifted in many different areas, of course, it makes sense that you're going to want to express those gifts and be exploratory and curious and actually spread your wings as far as they can go and not allow any area to atrophy, you mm-hmm. know, by through underuse. So yeah. it's, it's, I, I do find I've had an experience recently that I watch retrospectively different parts of my path along the journey that seemed like they weren't connected. Like they seemed like they were, you know, had nothing to do with each other. And then I look back and all of a sudden it's like everything glued together and made perfect sense why this thing happened that way. And then this territory was where I was building muscle in a different zone. And then how that contributed to my ability to do this and how they all are connected. And so I think sometimes it's like the paradigm or, um, the context or lens that we're looking through. And rather, if you're called toward many different areas of service, let's say, or creativity, it's like going to the gym and doing leg weights one day and arm weights and different exercises in different ways, but you're actually, it's contributing to the whole body. It's contributing Mm -hmm. to the whole body, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting because we also have to go through the learning 
so much deeper around what it is that we're here to teach. And so it's interesting because I know you deeply as a vocalist, as a musician, your voice is so unique. Please, I think Dorian, I'm going to set a teaser that you're going to be releasing some music soon. Mm -hmm. And so definitely check out her music when she releases it on Spotify. Your voice, literally the sound of it, the resonance of it is so unique. And so it's very interesting that what came up for you today was this feeling of like, like I'm having nerves come up around sharing my voice. Like, do I have anything that Matt, like that will impact to share? And so I'm curious how that is being like, what actually goes on in your physiology when that happens and how do you go about navigating and being with yourself when stories like that come up around your voice, or I know you started your own podcast recently, when there's opportunities for you to step forward in your leadership and your voice, right at the leading edge of that, how are you hacking that, whether it's connected to speaking or singing, whatever category feels true and alive for you? Because I know that you being here right now is you doing that work. And as you demonstrate that in live time for all of us, that's where the teaching comes from. So like, I'm wondering if you can share your learning in real time connected to the unlocking of your voice, even when it shakes, even when it feels nervy as a teaching. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I actually recorded a podcast, um, basically breaking down like I broke down like all of the things that I've learned and like really sharing your voice authentically, like what it takes and the the tips that came out of it. And gosh, there's so much to share here, but you know, the first one I said is like, you know, you have, you don't wait till you're not afraid anymore. You have to fear going in with fear, possibly looking like a fool is like the key to entry. Yes. So you have to be willing uh-huh. to like, you have to, you have to walk in the fear. There's no waiting until it's gone. And this is something that I found interesting was I, something that I've learned over the past year of like observing other thought leaders and influencers. And like, I remember, yeah, just being with an impactful thought leader who in my eyes was like an incredible speaker. They're doing Ted talks and something they said was like, my voice still shakes. Like I'm not, not afraid. And I'm like, what awesome. you mean? You're afraid too. But, and that for me, it was like, Oh, like, this is just how, how it has to be. And everybody like that fear exists in everybody. And then the other piece that's come out for me and I'm still working on embodying all of these things. You're doing it. The other thing that's been coming up for me that's huge is you have to willing to be a mirror for other people's projections. Mm. So you have to be willing to be misperceived in a way that you don't want people to perceive you. And you have to be okay with that. And you have to, and then the, the, last piece of that is you have to know yourself Mm. in order to do that in order to willingly stand as a mirror because that's what that's what you're doing when you're putting yourself in the eye of the public or just standing as a leader and speaking anything that is in some sort of an opinion or a viewpoint that maybe you're not like as a true thought leader you're not a true thought leader is somebody who is willing to say what other people aren't. You know, that's what it requires. You're not just being a copy of a copy. That's the definition. Yeah. So it's 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 scary. And so you have to be willing to understand people are going to misperceive you and you have to be okay with that. That's and so what I've realized is like, well, in order to be okay with that, I have to know myself so deeply that I know where I'm coming from. And I know the innocence in my heart. And I also have to be connected to my why. Yeah. Enough to stand there and, and share. And that if somebody 
misperceives me or sees me in a certain way, I have to know myself enough to one question if there's anything there for me to actually look at Two, mm-hmm. right? Like, cause if there's a trigger, then it's like, oh, is there actually a quality that they're pointing out that maybe I can develop more that they're seeing and maybe they're actually right. And can I, can I own that? Cause we're all learning. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, can I know myself and know that this person, I'm probably being a mirror for their, their own insecurity. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot. Wow. <laughs> but, I, I mean, let's just pulse on that. That whole transition there for a second, because this is very significant. And I, and I actually hadn't thought of it that way before that in order to speak your truth and, and lead to be a leader is to risk the possibility that you will be misperceived or negatively projected upon. And that is to expand your capacity enough. If you're willing to do that, you are in the process of expanding your capacity enough to emotionally have the emotional resilience to tolerate one of the core human woundings, which is why do we not like to be misperceived, judged, or negatively projected on? We we, we don't want to be re- uh, rejected, abandoned, pushed out of the pack. It's like primal. We want to be liked. We want to be loved. We want to be included. We want to be uplifted. And so to experience that is, can feel, literally feel like death. So you're expanding your emotional resilience to tolerate the edge of, man, I really don't want to feel that, but I'm actually, it's become more uncomfortable for me to withhold my truth, for me to withhold my voice, for me to play small for me to hide in order to stay safe. So I don't experience the feeling of rejection. It's become more uncomfortable for me to reject myself by hiding my voice than it is for me to own my voice and risk possibly being rejected or misperceived or receive that negative projection. But I know that I will stay with myself. I know that I won't reject myself. I know the innocence of my heart. And that's where you brought us to, oh, you have to know yourself. So in order to do that, that feels really important to look at is like, do you know your self? And when you know yourself, what I speak to there is knowing yourself as innocent, like knowing yourself as the come from is, 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 is forgivable. You know, you'll have compassion and care for yourself without holding yourself to a standard of perfection. So when you know yourself and you know your truth, which, which means no matter what you say, whether it's perfect fire landed solidly, or you totally fuck it up and forget the words, or you say something you didn't really mean, even if you say something you didn't mean, do you know yourself well enough? Meaning like the innocence of your little bubba baby, little nugget, <laughs> you, can, you can tell that part of you, all right, you know. Maybe we said something we didn't mean. We got nervous. Okay, I totally forgive you. It's all good. We're going to get up and do it again. I love you. I forgive you, even if anyone listening didn't get it. And ironically, that takes the pressure off and actually lubricates the pathway where it feels a little bit more effortless to speak. So it's like, I'm imagining, you know, you're, you are on the path to embodying it. In fact, you're embodying it right now. By walking when, you know, courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is walking when fear exists and doing it anyway. That's bravery. Mm-hmm. That is courage. If I'm watching somebody speak or sing or express themselves publicly in any way, the most captivating thing is an individual that's right at the leading edge of their vulnerability. And it has done exactly what you just named that path of like, so there's a freedom of of judgment that I think is important to claim in any moment when we are expressing ourselves because there's something compelling about someone speaking or singing or dancing or whatever even if they're not seasoned certified professional x y or z 
like my friends today, we were singing, practicing music and guitar. And both of us, neither one of us considered ourselves professional musicians in our entire life. We're both in our mid thirties. And we both just started singing and playing the guitar in the last couple of years. And we're like so proud of ourselves that we're yes. singing and playing the guitar. And I'm now offering, you know, music and, and ceremonial spaces. And like, there's like a big growth spurt that's happening. And we're so proud of our, of each other and ourselves. And, yeah. you know, she said something that I thought was really profound. And she said, you know, I actually love your voice. Like, I love that there's something special and unique about a voice that hasn't necessarily been professionally trained that like when I'm in a ceremony space, let's say, and there's individuals that are singing that are right in that spot you're speaking of where it's like vulnerable and they're singing, but they're doing it and they've, they've, they've done the practice to get there. And it's this vulnerable expression. I actually feel like so magnetized to that. I'm like, wow, like it has all my attention. And what I notice is that I get the most compelled and the most drawn when there's, when that individual has done the work to free themselves of judgment and excuses, which comparison excuses and judgment create Mm -hmm. contraction in the body and the nervous system that leads itself to anxiety. And then the expression itself is contracted. But when someone's singing or speaking or expressing, and while they're in the action of it, they're not also simultaneously judging themselves or comparing themselves or justifying or excusing themselves. That actually creates a repellent energetic, which is ironic because it self-fulfills the thing. Yeah. So it's like when an individual has done the liberation work of being willing to be vulnerable and seen in their vulnerability because that expression is where freedom lies and they're in the expression, it actually doesn't matter if it's perfect or how it sounds or if the words are exactly right. Mm -hmm. But if while I'm speaking, for example, right now, or the next time you speak, if the whole time you're like, I'm sorry, I probably shouldn't, I'm not really ready for this. And like the way you just named it when you started, you're like, yeah, there's a part of me that had these excuses that I just called and named, you know, the, of, of, or self judgments. And then you sat and worked with those within yourself and then stepped into the true, empowered, authentic, most vulnerable. Fuck. Yeah. I'm hearing you just landed a fucking transmission that was an expander for me. And, and, and in that expression, as you're speaking, or if I pick up a guitar and start singing right now, because you're free in the speak, you're not judging yourself or in comparison actively or justifying it. Or I used to, every time before I played a song, I used to say, just so you know, (laughs) I don't, this is new, like almost like apologizing in advance for how, you know, to lower your expectations, don't expect too much, which is this a, a protection mechanism. Mm-hmm. So then when I'm really singing, I'm kind of already in the, you know, like trying to protect myself from judgment, but it's that actually adversely impacts the expression. So my work is actually has been letting go of apologizing for justifying why I haven't, you know, had the history or professional training of an artist yet. So I've let go of that. And the way I've let go of that is actually through committing to training, to committing to practicing and opening up my voice more and more. I'm like, I don't need to apologize. Like I've, I'm becoming an artist. Like I don't need to justify or make an excuse. I let go. I did work around comparison and the way I would judge myself in comparison to how anyone else sings like this, these, the other musicians voices are more naturally, they can hit different octaves and they can do all these things. And I don't do those things, which then circles right back around to why I should make an excuse and apologize and let whoever's listening know that, you know, I'm not that. So lower your, like that whole matrix, it creates such a, it would create such a contraction in my body that the actual expression would be good But because I was in judgment, in comparison, thinking about what other people might think about me in comparison to others is only reflecting what I think about me in comparison to others. 
So I swear, as I've let go of comparison, I have fallen. It's official. I can officially claim it. I have fallen in love with yes. my singing voice. Oh, I've like, I, it keeps getting more rich. It keeps getting more open and it's in direct proportion to where I've done the work inside to let go of comparison, which is knowing who I am, knowing my innocent heart and knowing that even if it's not perfect, I have nothing to apologize for that. I'll be with myself and love myself and tell myself, you just keep going. You do it again. I'm so proud of you, you know? And so it's being to walk, willing to walk in the fear, like you said, being willing to sing in the fear, knowing who it is that we are, no matter what it is that you're afraid of, you know, do, being willing to do the thing, not rejecting yourself so that we don't risk being rejected by others. And then letting go of comparison, judgment, and excuses, right? Mm-hmm. That like, that are just protection mechanisms that create blockage in the channel. Yeah. But when we're fucking relaxed and we already know that we're not going anywhere, that we're not going to abandon ourselves, that we're so proud of ourselves, which is what I'm watching you do using your voice now, starting your podcast, releasing your first songs coming on Spotify. Like, it's amazing. Hello, my loves. If you've been following me for a while, you know that over the past several years, I've birthed an ecosystem of transformational containers that have not only yielded profound personal evolution for all involved, but also true, lasting sisterhood. And the intimacy cultivated within this sisterhood has yielded a field of true safety that is profoundly conducive to personal transformation and it keeps getting stronger. The dojo field has seen cohort after cohort of women claim their freedom, truth, and higher calling. And the women keep showing up for one another year after year. It's truly profound. I really trust the magnetism of the dojo field, and it is time now to call in the women for the next cohort of the dojo immersed. The Dojo Immersed is a three-month higher self-embodiment initiation for women who are leaders, facilitators, and natural guides ready to claim their next levels of service and empowerment. Saying yes to this container means a commitment to massive expansion. It means being willing to see everything that is not in full alignment in your life and being willing to dive deep into your own personal healing process, claim responsibility for your creative power, and create full congruency in every area of your life. Inside, you'll journey with an intimate cohort of 10 to 12 women who are devoted to doing the same. Women who are devoted to sisterhood and devoted to liberation in service of life on this planet. This three-month container centers on a three-night in-person immersion and qualifies you to continue forward into the deeper layers of entrainment available within the dojo ecosystem. If you're feeling the call, now is the time to fill out an application and set up a call to explore alignment with me. Visit zaharazimring.com slash the dojo immersed or see the link in the show notes to apply. And I am saying this to name it for anyone listening, tune in in your own life to where you hold yourself back or where you self-fulfill the experience of of perceiving judgment from outside of yourself, Mm -hmm. because the way that you're Mm -hmm. speaking, walking, singing, serving, whatever is laced with your own judgment of yourself. That's coming Mm -hmm. from a high performer thing, a comparison thing, you know, all those layers. So Curious if you have any thoughts around what I'm saying, but I just, I relate in my own ways to this piece and it's big, it's collective. We all have a version of it, I believe. It's a super powerful story about your voice. And I I love hearing that you're falling in love with it. And like, and I think it requires us. I mean, I think, you know, the, the fear of speaking, like it's so past them. Like, 
I remember I told somebody, you know, how I was dealing with this and they're like, well, just stop thinking about whatever other people thinking of you. And I'm like, bro, like, it's not just that it's like a nervous system response. Like, so there is in the beginning, I think so much, it's just about showing up and doing it and starting to show the nervous system that this is safe because you can tell yourself everything, but your nervous system is still going to be triggered if it's like, because there is that deep fear that's been embedded in so many of our DNA, like, especially as women, mm-hmm. like, wow, looking at my familial line and my grandmother and like how far I've come, I can see that that fear is deeply embedded in my lineage. Mm-hmm. And so there's like that first initial phase of just that nervous system activation that's going to be there that you have to move with. And yeah, like, you know, I've been, I've been sharing my voice more and more over the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I just launched my podcast a couple of months ago and I, I was like feeling ready for it. And I was like, yeah, like, I'm not afraid I'm good. You know, like I'm excited to launch this. And what happened though, was like the night before I did not, I didn't even realize how much fear was housed in my body in my nervous system until I got closer and closer until it launched. And I literally couldn't sleep. I was like having a mild panic attack mm-hmm. at night. And I, and it was crazy. Cause it wasn't even mental. It wasn't even like, I was mentally being like, Oh, what is this? What are, what are they going to think of me? It was so somatic mm-hmm. that I had to be with it. And, and that's just important to name as well that like, yeah, it's just, it's like a body process too. And I didn't even know how much was housed until I got closer to the line, to the finish line. Mm-hmm. And it's just interesting. And I think too, you know, I've been one of the biggest lessons I've been learning in life. One of my biggest downloads that's been really landing Cause I can have intellectually understood this, you know, like life is a game, like life is always giving us the opportunities to expand. Like, you know, the dojo is our life, mm-hmm. but it's been, it's been actually, that's been integrating deeper recently. And so what I've seen in regards to like sharing my voice in the podcast is it, I named it the freedom code. So it's about freedom, like personal freedom. And so of course, when I'm claiming to step into evolve in freedom work, life is going to unfold. What is going to show me where I'm not free. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, there's been a lot that's come up to show me where I'm not free. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of work to do. And wow. Like it wasn't there Mm -hmm. until I, yeah. started to claim it and, and step into it. And I think wow. a lot of people will get close mm-hmm. and then things will happen. And then they'll like, they'll stop like right when they're almost there. And, um, I've had to even like, I, I've had to pause in the podcast for a minute. Cause I had so much come up and things that I've been needing to process that I've had to actually be like, wait, uh-huh. am I ready for this? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is, I would just respect so much the integrity that you're walking with, you know, I relate on every level. There's been moments where I'm like, am I fucking crazy? Have I lost my mind that I started an ecosystem of transformational containers called the dojo and (laughs) call myself a liberation artist, you know? And I just shared something with you before this episode that is part of that I'll share more as it ripens with, with all of you when when I feel ready, but this is the walk of like, truly, what does it mean to be a liberation artist? It's actually standing for the, I have to do that for myself when it becomes true on every level. And I've had to be initiated at every threshold of expansion along the way in order to hold integrity in the work that I'm here to do. And what I'm hearing and seeing in everything that you're sharing is that integrity reflected that you're bringing your vulnerability. I fucking love your humanity. I love guides, leaders, artists, musicians, visionaries that are human 
that are willing to say, yo guys, let me lay this transmission down. And also, yes, I started a podcast for all of you listening who have thought about it. Yes, door, like you've started a podcast that makes you a way shower for individuals who have been on the edge of that, that haven't gone through that threshold that you're describing. And then now you're at the next iteration of it. What does it mean to hold a field named the freedom code? For those listening, what is that commanding and demanding of you as a being in terms of your voice and your liberation? And it sounds to me like you're tracking that really well. Like it's it's revealing, it's ironic. You start the freedom code, feel like, yep, I feel pretty free. I'm, I'm aligned with starting the freedom code. And then it's like, bam, it's gonna show you everywhere you're not free. And so then you're taking a pause to actually do the work around these pieces that have come up that are revealing where you're not free in order to liberate and get free, which is going to be an ongoing forever process right. because we're here in human. And right. at the next threshold point marker, when, when you feel like that, those pieces have been integrated, you're going to go forward with the next iteration and the next level of episodes and whatever wants to come out from the new baseline. And it's like, we thank our own creations for initiate for initiating us into the being that we need to be in order to actualize the next level of those creations. They we doula and birth them, and then they doula and birth us. And it's like this cyclical, wild experience when you actually claim your creatorship because you are in co-creation and collaboration with the force of life and life. One thing that's consistent, life is always going to do its best to grow and evolve and expand the, 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 the living, the life force, you know, like it's, we're always expanding. We it's, it's the opposite of stagnation. You know, it's about the next iteration of what it is that you're here for. If we stay too long in the last one, we start to feel stagnant. Now there's also a dance to that because what's the difference between stagnation and just being, actually being still, being in integration period, being in receptivity. Like those are all energetics that aren't stagnation, but they also don't look like action. And they also aren't necessarily a season of high evolution. So I just want to name that because there can also be an addiction to the next breakthrough and the next breakthrough and the next breakthrough. And it's important to also learn how to just be, and I personally am still working on that, but it's been very valuable to get, you know, to get to that place. Yes. Yes. Well said. Yeah. And yeah, but I think, I think for me, what has been so powerful about that frame Mm -hmm is really understanding like every challenge is for my evolution. And then having like actually being able to witness that, nothing I'm a victim to anymore. That's not- And then that's fucking empowerment. Yeah. Holy shit. Like when you can actually make that switch, like from like- y'all like I was in Costa Rica and I shit my pants (laughs) yeah you did I can confirm that (laughs) and I'm going through like all these different things and like logistics are falling through and all these different things are happening and it would have been so easy to go into a self like pity spiral and I did for a little bit because we all we need our victim moment Uh like process all the emotions but then like I even saw how all of that was like perfectly aligned Mm -hmm. for what I was needing to cultivate within myself at that perfect moment in time. I think this is an important piece to like really pulse on because there's a, a an inadvertent unconscious pattern sometimes where we get hooked on justifying our victimhood. But because this thing happened and this guy said this and this story, even telling the stories of the past of because this happened in my family and I have this pattern of being this way. So I keep doing this thing. You know, trauma like, can become an excuse for people. Exactly. So and I've seen that actually a lot these days and it's a little bit of dangerous territory. I think that we're moving in. It is. So I think it's important to name and start to look at like, where do we utilize the trauma that we've been through in order to justify our victimhood? Mm-hmm. And I think the moment that you can really use some willpower, perspective, awareness, compassion, and love to catch yourself when you're 
justifying your victimhood. That is different than processing the emotional content as it's rising. That is different than like, this is not a a recommendation to bypass your emotional experience. You can still, like you said, no, there was a moment I needed to actually go through the emotional experience and feel it fully. Like the somatic experience you had the night before launching the podcast. Those are moments. And I actually would like to go into that and hear more about how you process somatically and what, what actually that looks like for you. But there's, there's, are you actually making momentum on feeling what it is that's there to feel? Because really the only way out is through, I've tried everything and there is no other way. Right. And so there's, there's a certain, I notice in, in like the, the facilitation work that I do, I, there's like a meter that I found where someone processing their trauma, like meaning like telling the story of the trauma and it's coming up. And then there's a current time catalyst that is bringing up the trauma that's ringing the bell of the past. There's a certain value for a time of naming it, seeing the pattern, feeling what it's bringing up, processing that emotional content. And then there's like a turning point moment where Yes. We start to go into the addiction of justifying our victimhood, of staying, perpetuating the wounding cycle, perpetuating the justification for why we should continue forward with our protection mechanisms because of what happened. You know, like it's, it's makes sense why I can still, you know, close my heart. because this thing happened when I was five, or this thing is happening now. And actually looking at, okay, when does the switch happen? When we actually call in the energy of our higher self, really feel like, okay, I'm with the young part of me that's super activated right now. I have that parts back. I've gone through the somatic experience. I'm allowing, I've allowed the emotions to move through my system. And then there's a higher, wider part of me that gets forged through the embodied experience of feeling your feelings. You then create a reference point of, oh, I can feel this feeling of unsafety, of being threatened, of being judged, of being rejected, of whatever I've been afraid to feel. This is actually me feeling it. So I no longer need to protect myself. I no longer need to be the me that is in protection or justifying why I need to protect myself from feeling this feeling because here I am feeling the feeling I've been afraid of. So thank you, catalyst. Thank you, thing that happened when I was young. Thank you to it all because it's showing me what I'm fucking made of. And here I am here with my higher self, my God consciousness, my allies, my whoever's around me. But most, the most important is me here having my own back, feeling this experience through fully And once that actually lands, there's this level of empowerment that comes in that is irreplaceable. And it only happens through the feeling, the things you've been afraid to feel. But then there's this fine line between those re like ringing the bell of the trauma again and again and again. When you're feeling the things you've been afraid to feel, with an expanded perspective that can see that it's the inner child or it's the you even from five days ago that is processing that emotion and there's a wider, larger, more loving part of you that is holding all the parts that are really fucking scared and really fucking going through it and giving them permission to go through it for as long as they need to. And then they'll see those parts will start to calm down and the larger part will hold And then there's a meeting that happens, which is like, oh, wow, I don't actually have to protect myself from this experience anymore. So I'm free now to create my reality and make decisions from an empowered place that isn't like playing chess with life to try to avoid circumstances that might make me feel that thing I'm afraid to feel from a trauma of the past again. So the who we become in the future now is a whole new can of worms. So I think you're, you're, tracking there that there is there's a turning point where we utilize and 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 get overly addicted to justifying our victim story through trauma. Mm-hmm. So how did that look different for you? Like let's say the night before the podcast where you were actually 
having a somatic like trauma response, mm-hmm. right? Like your body was actually going through a trauma response mm-hmm. connected to, if you can link it even into the history of connected to, you know, there was a part of me that had fear of being seen or using my voice. And this is what had been stored in my body. Mm-hmm. What, like how, so for anyone listening, if they're about to come up against a major life threshold and risking doing something that the somatic body knows might ring the bell of a past trauma, but it's actually about transcending and healing and integrating those parts rather than avoiding the experience. So you were going right into an experience that very well might ring the bell mm-hmm. of those past trauma. And that's part of what the body was doing. So what can you be even more granular? about what that looked like and felt like for you and how you moved through that in order to launch it the next day? Hmm. So, you know, I, I can't tell you that I remember everything that, how I processed it and everything I did with this particular thing. Yeah. Um, but I will just share in general about that. Yeah. And I think Sometimes, you know, I think we need to, how do you say, edge our way into these experiences. So little by little, you know, it starts little by little. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll tell you about, uh, I, I finished a really intensive life coaching training program this year. And earlier this year, when I went on to coach in front of 200 people and be judged basically by Stephanos, uh, I had a trauma response as I was trying to coach this girl. <laughs> Cause I was like, there's 200 people watching. And my nervous system just went like, I basically blacked out and I didn't, uh, really know what was going on. And you know, that wasn't my choice. That was just my nervous system. Long story short, I ended up doing fine. I guess somehow I did. Okay. But, um, you know, I, that had to happen. Like that had to happen at some point where I'm like edging my nervous system to start to be able to hold those experiences. So after that, I, in my, like, you know, and myself who kind of likes to push the edge, I was like, let me go live on Instagram now. Mm-hmm. That's also kind of scary. I'm also being taught. I'm also talking in front of people. So I was like, if I can actually start to retrain my nervous system like more. So I was like actually putting myself in a situation I didn't want to do in the fire on purpose, knowing I'd be afraid. I even named it when I went on my live. I was like, I'm a little afraid. This is what just happened to me. And I just talked honestly and openly about it. So magnetic. So it's like all these little pieces, I think gave me the capacity to even meet the moment of like, I'm launching a huge podcast or like huge in a way that like anybody in the whole world can view what I'm sharing. That's a lot yeah. if you actually think about it. And I hadn't thought about it like that until I got up until the point of the edge where the nervous system was being triggered. But then, yeah, actually meeting the moment, I think it's like, yeah, we have to like allow the fear to run through the system and then just like nurture yourself. Mm. Like we have to remember to nurture ourselves. Like we don't have to stay in that fear. We don't have to stay in that feeling. Like I think there's a the problem with like pop psychology kind of trauma stuff on the internet is it'll just take a line like feeling is healing, and then people run with it and then they misperceive it. And I actually don't believe that, and I think that's a little bit like reductionist because I, I, I made that mistake in my journey where there was a point where I was like grieving and I thought I just had to sit with the grief until it went away. And I would just sit with it and cry and cry and cry and just cycle in it and like be in the story for hours. Mm -hmm. And I was just in this victim cycle because I was like, I'm feeling my feelings. Like, this is my healing. But then I actually realized looking back, I was like, no, honey. Like, 
there's a time where we where we just choose to pick ourselves up and like and activate that that whatever you want to call it the higher self the mama the the archetype like using the archetypal energy of connecting to my power and and pulling myself and hold and not being so drenched in the emotion that it for so long that I become it and I start to believe it but like separate myself from it and remember like this piece of me and like love it and honor it and give it what it needs but not letting it overtake me and become me because I made that mistake in in for for a minute and I think it's healing is a part of the ingredients of healing feeling is part of the ingredients of healing but it's not the feeling itself that's going to heal it's a deeper process and I think it's different for everybody and mm-hmm. I think it yeah I don't know if I answered that question correctly it went all kind of all over the place but yeah oh, it was great yeah you definitely brought us where we needed to go with it it's, it's from your experience, there's a, a, a turning point moment that, you know, you give yourself permission to feel through it fully for as long as it's true. And then for you, there's a turning point where it's like, there's a higher self consciousness that came in and held you. And it, it's, it feels like the power of decision. Exactly. You and know? that's it is we have to actually remember that we have the choice to pull on this power outside of ourselves, you could call God, source, your higher self, and actually choosing to pull that powerful energy in and like pray into it. That's a big tool for me is like when I am feeling a part of me that's like disempowered or unworthy, like I will pray to it and I'll pray in my strength, like out loud by myself, And I will be praying from the strength part of me and like feeling this part of my body that's holding that pain and just like speaking to it, empowering myself into it, like giving it to the fire, doing it in the bath, like pulling it through with my willingness, with my power, with my breath, with my prayer and with my willpower, because we can, Mm -hmm. and sometimes we forget, we forget that we can't, that we can't. And I think you're speaking to like, you know, on the highest level, when that turning point is right. Like grief is a, a thing that comes in That's waves, you know, and, 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 and any, you know, deep trauma surfacing process, like the process of feeling definitely not shaming that that's a huge part of the healing process. And I think this is a call forward. The what you're naming is a call forward to really own that we do as, you know, God, sourcing God consciousness through physical human bodies have the capacity to know when that turning point is like when it is healthy and essential to be in the emotional process and to feel through and let yourself, you know, cry or tantrum or just like move the emotional energy in whatever ways are true on a somatic level. And then there is a, there's a turning point where there's a higher, it's almost like mother and father energy where the great mother is like, for as long as it takes infinite compassion forever, ever, like that part is important. That part doesn't bypass Mm -hmm. the feeling. And that part also is well complemented by the vertical paternal father energy, which is like, and like, let's pull up our bootstraps. You're stronger than you think you are. You've got this, you know? And there's like, how do we track when that turning point is where, and it might even be like, there's a season, there's a phase where a lot of grief is coming up. And then it's like, okay, there's a turning point where now I've got you and I'm making this decision to show up for myself in a new way. And, and it's because that that's time. And I just want to hold everyone is able to know when that time is without holding resistance to them. And two weeks later, there might be another wave out of nowhere where it's like, oh, now it's time to great mother myself and be like, yo, I just, I actually need to feel this. 
And I'm not going to act from the feeling. I'm not going to justify my victimhood. But like what I need for self-care right now is to feel this. And then, you know, it's like, I think the biggest thing I'm getting from what you're bringing is like, there's a knowing, like you were in the grief portal for a long time. And then there was like a realization that you were spinning in it, like in the cycle spinning unnecessarily, like it had, you had gassed out. And at least in that phase, that brand of that particular wave of grief. And it was like, oh, I don't have to stay in this. Oh, I can pull up my brute straps. It was like your great father came in and said, like, I believe in you. You come on. There's a, there's a way out of this that is available. There's a timeline. There's a pathway here. And you don't have to stay in the repeat, repeated cycle of the story, the story, the story. And you took some actions there that really liberated the energy in a big way. And that was that like vertical energy that I think is really significant and important to name that we have both. Yeah. And compassion in the whole process. Compassion, compassion, being compassionate when it's like, oh yeah, I was spinning in the victim. That's okay. Okay. <laughs> totally. Like that's everything. Learning to talk to your yourself, your mistakes, the pieces you see that maybe weren't in integrity, whatever you're looking at and being able to like talk to it like a little child and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, like it's okay. (laughs) See you, girl. And mean it, you know, and mean it. So as we start to land the ship of this episode, I really honor you, Dee, for all the times I've seen you meet yourself with profound compassion and strength and compassion and mean it and mean it. And for everyone listening, I really encourage you to find exactly where you could serve up just a little bit more patience and compassion for yourself, no matter how many times you're like, oh, fuck, I just did the thing again. Oh, I'm in that pattern again. No, serve up the compassion because I guarantee you deserve it and mean it, you know, like really find the way within you to let it. Yes. And this is, this is, yeah, this came up recently where I, I saw myself like really behaving in some old patterning in a ways where I totally dishonored my own boundaries and different things. And, you know, I, I just, I chose not to beat myself up for it. I chose to see it. And I was like, Man, that's okay. I had to cycle through this lesson again to learn it. And now I've learned it. Now I've learned it better. That's right. Okay. It's like a muscle. Yeah, it's like this, like, you know, I it's everybody talks about the spiral, but it really is because it's like I'm moving. Oh, I I learned the lesson. Oh, but I'm coming up again, but I'm a little bit higher this time. So I'm I'm getting through it faster. I'm choosing to see the lesson and I'm being more kind, I'm being kinder to myself. And I think it's I think we can hold ourselves in such like a too deep of a process when we're too hard on ourselves for things. That's it. The greatest evolutionary curric- uh, the, the greatest evolutionary lubrication is not perfection and pressure. The greatest evolutionary lubrication is compassion, acceptance, yes. and love, no matter yes. what. Ooh. So I think that's a good place to land it. This was such, such a beautiful journey with such truth and depth. So thank you for bringing your voice. Thank you for bringing your humility and your humanity and your vulnerability and your power in the full spectrum of all of it. I love you you so so much. much. And I'd love for you to share where anyone listening can find you, can find your music, can find your art to, to work with you. I highly recommend. I've done many a photo shoot and video project with Dorian. So I just recommend this woman across Thank the board. You. Right now, I'm mostly on Instagram at Dorian with two eyes, D-O-R-I-I-A-N. And I will be launching a Spotify soon. And all of that will be through my Spotify, my podcast, the freedom code is also linked there as well. So that's just kind of a channel to all of the different channels. Yeah. Mm, beautiful. Thank you so much, D. And to all of you, thank you for listening with all of your hearts and all of your presence. 
I am so grateful for you. And if this episode or any of the episodes have touched your heart, I would so appreciate leaving a written review um, because it really does help the show reach more hearts and lives all over the world. Thank you. And I look forward to seeing y'all next time. Thank you all for creating this space to receive this transmission and for having the courage that it takes to live your life beyond the edge. If you feel the call to go deeper with me privately or explore the dojo ecosystem, the best place to start is by visiting zaharazimring.com and taking your free micro dojo. You can also find me on Instagram at Zahara Zimring, and I love hearing from you guys. So feel free to send me messages, make comments, and I will absolutely get back to you. I also would deeply appreciate if this episode or any of these episodes have touched your heart, leave a review as it really supports this show in touching more hearts and more lives all around the world. Thank you for joining and I'll see you next time.